What is up, guys? Welcome back. I'm Colton McCormack. I'm Joe Cashin. This is the Certified Wrench Podcast. Today we're joined by a fella all the way from California. He's here in the garage bullshitting with us today. Chris O'Daniel. What's up, guys? Oh, yeah. What's up, guys? Um, I'm just kidding. Chris is uh, a badass new <laughs> owner-operator, like fucking fresh, right? Yep. August August 27th was my first job out on my own. So what part of California are you from? Dead center. Merced, California. Merced. I, uh, you know what, dude? I am running these cameras, and I already forgot to push the buttons when you talk like that. I'm terrible at this shit. You're going to ruin it for the uh, listening experience. Yeah, you guys, it, if you look at your speakers, you can see what I'm talking about. <laughs> anyway, Chris, let's uh, let's talk about you a little bit. I don't want to go too crazy right away. I don't want to hear your whole backstory right away, but... Uh, you're kind of young, ain't you? 32. Damn, you're old. I'm just kidding. I'll be 34 next week. Yeah. I thought you were young, way younger. I guess oh. I'm the baby at the table. <laughs> How old are you? 29. Damn. I uh, I, th- I, th- I thought you were way younger. That's why I was like, oh, man, this motherfucker's out on his own real young and, and shit. But whatever. Okay. Okay. Anyway, let's get into it. Uh, how did you know... That this is what you wanted to do, or when did you start? How, how, let's get into that. It was actually an accident. Um, I worked at a local reservoir, I guess you could call it. Don't do that. Sorry. <laughs> I worked at a, at a lake just kind of as a glorified janitor. Got laid off. Had a buddy that had his work for a farm. That guy managed a dairy. He said, hey, I need somebody that uh, knows how to change oil and change tires. I said, yeah, I'll do it for a little bit while I go to college. And then college kind of turned into I'd rather make money. Or so, you, uh, what were you studying at college? Or just kind of uh, a general, I was uh, kind of working to go. I wanted to be a game warden. So that show, what was that show? There used to be a TV show on. Uh, oh, Wild Justice. Wild Justice. That's what it was. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to do. And then they were like. I started reading, you got to have a BA in biology, ecology, and all these other ologies. (laughs) To go stand out in the woods. To go stand out in the woods. And and, uh, I just kind of, I mean, I'd always grew up working on quads and dirt bikes and lawnmowers and things like that. And I just said, you know what, I'd rather make money than go to college. And that's what I did. Hold on, I have a question for you because I can hear it in your voice. Are you, uh, are you nervous? A little bit. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> this is so. What I tell everybody is this is just a regular old conversation, and there's just a record button on, and you just happen to be on camera this time. Yeah. No yeah. pressure or anything. No pressure. <laughs> anyway, sorry about that. No, nah, now you're good. I'll uh, I'll toss in on that right there. Um, sometimes it's just like I mean. All the time you'll get a call or you'll be there with a customer and you'll just be standing and chatting. And it's like, that's the way I think about it. It's like, imagine you're there with a customer or you have another mechanic you're on site with and you're just sitting there talking and, you know, telling stories, whatever. I mean, that we do that all the day, all day, every day sometimes. And um, 
that's you know it's easy to do that when there's no record button or headphones on or mic in front of your face so i'd be a lot more comfortable if i had my airpods in and i was like driving down the highway to my next job or something (laughs) well it's um yeah nobody's uh nobody's listening right now they'll listen in the future but yeah nobody's it's not live so you don't have to worry about anything colton can edit out anything he needs to yep oops did you hear that? Yeah. My bad. I'm all fucked up. I'm sorry. Uh, so where did we leave off? We totally got sidetracked. Working at a dairy. Oh, dairy. Okay. About, yeah. uh, about, so you said you were already in college. Um, were you, the, the lake you were working at, is that where you started working out of high school or what? Yeah. It was just kind of like a, just, you know, adding the paper. It paid like 11 bucks an hour. I was 18 years old. It's like eleven bucks an hour. That's a lot of money. It was like three dollars over minimum wage at the time. So you you hadn't uh, quite uh, solidified roots or doing anything else. Other no, than you were just kind of picked up a job, and and then the next thing was working at the the farm. Yeah, it was kind of. Uh, so I worked. It worked. So an irrigation district actually owned the reservoir, the lake. Um, I tried. I probably applied for ten jobs there, but it was union. And so every time I got kicked out by somebody that was in the union, basically, at least that's what they told me. But again, I was 19 years old. So, you know, you're, they're not going to hire a 19 year old to be a ditch tender or mechanic or whatever the hell job I applied for. Right. And uh, I got laid off and yeah, I started, I knew how to change oil. So I started at the dairy. I worked there for probably six months and the mechanic that had been there for about a year uh, that my boss at the time that he was the general manager of the dairy, I guess you'd call him a herdsman. He kind of called me in the w- one morning and said, Hey, I'm going to fire this other guy because you're doing a good job. Do you think you can handle this by yourself? Jesus. And I said, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> what and, kind uh, of, uh, what kind of equipment were you mostly working on at that point? Everything yeah. we did. Uh, so it was, so they milked a little over 4,000 cows but they had, I think, just over 9,000 cows at the dairy. It's It was, what I think at the time, it was one of the biggest dairies in Merced County. Um, obviously, we'll leave the name out of it. Uh, but, yeah, so there was an old farm mechanic there, a guy named Mike. He actually just retired. Uh, December 31st was his last day. Um, he taught me a lot. He kind of took me under his wing and taught me all kinds of things. We had a bunch of old Cat 920s. Is it 920 loaders? Sure. I don't know. I, I don't know anything about cats, but that sounds kind of right, I guess. They were like late 70s Shit. models, 24 yeah. volts. Old, old bitches. Yeah, I have old no idea, ones. dude. Old ones. I'm a deer guy. And uh, wrong yellow there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had, uh, you know, what was it? Pecan uh, feed wagons. Uh, I think 8320 was the feed tractor we had, and it was like. I think when I got there, it had 5,000 hours on it. Mm. Um, so uh, uh, hold on with that. Uh, so I talked about this in the last or in the last episode. Is that high hours on a green machine? 5,000? I wouldn't consider it. Not really. Not for a dairy machine. Because I, I swear to God, I remember being up and back home. Mm-hmm. And that's they made that sound like that was a shit ton of hours. And I, I don't think so. I uh, don't know how I was going with that. 
Oh, here we got a bunch. Of, we, got, yeah. we got a bunch of hours on machines, and it's like, oh no, we still got twenty thousand more hours to go on a ten thousand hour machine. I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah, I, I, I mean, when I worked for the deer dealer, I had a customer that had a, a seven R that had nineteen thousand hours on it. Oh, oh. I mean, you. So that was the one thing that I I loved about that guy Mike was he was on. I think it was like the twenty second or the twenty third of every month those feed tractors so it was like a i think it was a case 270 magnum or 240 magnum or something like that mm -hmm. it was 250 i'm sorry um those machines got service on the 22nd of every month no matter no matter the hours that's weird we change the oil fuel and air okay yeah because you know the most important thing on a dairy is milking cows the second most important thing is feeding cows yeah so i can see that so i mean i'm sure a lot of dairy mechanics can understand that uh there's nothing like parking a tractor that's been running for six hours in the shop and you get 30 minutes to change oil and fuel and air. <laughs> so I got, at the time, I got real good at doing that real quick. We used to do that in West Texas where you just leave it running and you empty the oil and pour it in at the same time. Had to do that a couple of times, help, uh, help out a looper goober. Yeah, no, I'm good for that. I'm Joe's good. over here cringing. Yeah, no, 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 I wouldn't do that. <laughs> We've done it. It's fucking awesome. Anyway, so dairy, where'd you go f from the dairy? So from there, right, so how long did you work there? Almost two years. So like a year and nine months or something. And then where'd you go? I went to a column of neighbors. Uh, his family, his wife's family owned a, uh, I don't know what you call it, orchard farm. They had like 700 acres of almonds. Mm. And uh, he offered me a dollar more than what I was making now at the time. <laughs> so I left. It was a lot better. Uh, so I started right in the middle of Alvin Harvest. So it was 12 hours Monday through Friday, six hours on Saturday. I got Sunday off. And then Monday you started all back over again. Um, we, you all right? Yeah, oh, sorry. Staring at <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> So once harvest was over, probably beginning of October, middle of October, we serviced all the equipment, put it away, and that was kind of it. So, uh, never mind, never mind. I don't, I don't want to talk. I'm just kidding. Uh, I, how old were you when you started this shit? I was probably 22. 22. So and I worked for I worked for uh, the lake for two two seasons yeah. so you worked like the summer you got laid off for four months and then you worked again and at this point your basically only training was uh just working at the dairy and the Work, old old man teaching working at the dairy and and that old guy uh mike and then he added another guy that used to come out and so they were both old cat mechanics so back in uh like your high school days and shit like you didn't work on nothing I didn't even you, take a small engines class. So you didn't really know anything getting into any of it? Kind of just what my dad taught me uh, and my buddies. You know, we were, I had an old early 90s pickup, and I bought it. It had like 240,000 miles on it. The reason why I'm asking all this is because we're getting into uh, you're obviously a owner-operator, new. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of just wanting to get the full details, you know, and let the kids out there know that it is possible. <laughs> yes, it is. But 
is it and oh i just faded to black uh is it uh a feasible you know i mean it was for me i mean i always tell people that you know not not so much about money but when i worked at the deer dealership i made more hourly than i ever thought i would as a mechanic yeah um well you know i'm sure you know too i went through high school taking welding classes and and really welding, I, I kind of focused on welding. In high school, I thought I was going to be a welder. And then uh, I decided that I don't really like welding that much. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. I'll throw my two cents in. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like the first uh, wrenching job you got full-time kind of was um, on older equipment, kind of easy, or I'd say a little bit easier to cut your teeth the hard way per se, yep. learning those versus uh, if you go straight into something with a common rail and after treatment and all that, troubleshooting and um, all that. I mean, even maintenance sometimes on those ones are going to be a little bit more complicated, having crankcase filters and def filters and exhaust fluid and all this other stuff that you got to keep track of. But um, Muffler so bearings. Yes, yeah, you know, the good <laughs> stuff. Uh, so it... I guess this touches back to what Colton was saying on uh, no formal training or anything. Sometimes I tell a lot of people, it's like, if you could get your foot in the door somewhere and just get that general mechanic, the kind of knowledge of what it takes to turn wrenches for a daily, you know, on a daily basis, changing oil or even just sweeping the floors of a shop and picking up the slack or just helping the old guys out, whatever you can get your foot in a dealership after that and get the kind of full experience of training and understanding of, you know, modern, more modern equipment than you would uh, if you just, because I mean, if you went straight from not wrenching to then trying to work in a dealership, that probably wouldn't work out very well. Yeah. But if you kind of have the, the easing into it of working on older equipment, you probably got to understand, you know, obviously while you're maintaining things, you get to, uh, kind of get the layout of machines, where the components are at, what the components do, kind of, uh, you know, when you grease a machine, you should at least uh, know where everything's at, what it's called, and kind of a, have a have a general understanding of everything versus just getting tossed into a, a dealership experience of, hey, go do this or do that. And when you grease something, 50 pumps minimum, right? Yep. I just use my Milwaukee grease gun. Yeah, but 50, 50 little pumps in any location. I just, I just hold it till it squirts out on That's the ground. Right. That's yep. right. Yep. So sorry, we kind of sidebarred off of that. Uh, how? So you're out of the dairy now, or then, and then you're going to work for that place. How long did you work there? Six months exactly. Six months. Day. And then I take it you went to the dealer. Yes, sir. Uh, let's talk about dealer life. Well, hold on. Before we get to that, you said you worked there six months. Was that as soon as harvest ended? Oh, yeah. Basically yeah. just maintain yeah. the machines, put them up, and then you quit? Or what, what was the story? No, so, so, I mean, so, he's still my buddy, so so I can't really say much. And, you know, I'll and say I don't it. You're much. an asshole. I'm just kidding. Well, no, so, <laughs> so, harvest is over. We service everything. We put everything away in the barn, and then we have, like, winter projects. And uh, that would be, you know, building a 
a trailer for a pump engine, or not a pump engine, but a, you know, a, a standalone engine with a PTO shaft on it, so we mm-hmm. can run this well pump yeah. in case something happens. Um, we did a lot of uh, so talking about California and their regulations. We did a lot of uh, destroying destroying of old, engine blocks, old engines, yeah, uh, and taking them to scrap because they are getting converted to electric. Ouch! Oh yeah, and and yeah, it it. it it's a weird feeling, you know, torching a hole in the side of a block and then hitting it with a 12, play, yeah. 12 pound sludge. I've done it before. I had to do it on a mechanical, uh, was it a 3406 Caterpillar? Mm-hmm. We just used a plasma cutter and knocked a hole in it. Yeah, Perfectly square it, so you it, can patch it? No, it ran. We drained all the oil and coolant out of it and ran it and we couldn't kill it. It ran for like two hours. Really? We held, We <laughs> took the linkage and zip tied it tight because it was supposed to be, uh, for Texas, it's called the TARP or I guess Texas emission reductions plan. Yeah. And uh, they say, well, you have to uh, destroy the engine and, uh, you know, cut a hole in the block. And my boss at the time was like, let's blow it up. He said, I'm going to bring my nitrous bottle and we're just going to shoot this thing. So we put it out in the parking lot and zip tied the linkage to where it just ran wide open. And it only turned like maybe 2,700 RPMs or so. Yeah. We took a case of brake cleaner and just took the, the uh, air inlet off and sprayed brake cleaner in there. And were you standing we could, next to it when you did this? Yes. <laughs> uh, we had a we had an emergency escape plan, which oh, okay. was including uh, running away from the vehicle. <laughs> but uh, no, it it ran for like two hours and it didn't have any coolant in it. We left the oil in it. I I you know remember that, but it didn't have any coolant in it. We're like it'll lock up before too long, and it just kept running. We pulled it in the shop after like two hours. And just cut a hole in it with a plasma cutter. Like I'm bored. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to blow up. So now you know if your cat loses coolant, you can pull it off the road and you don't have to worry about it. Hmm. It might blow a head gasket, but yeah. it'll stay running. Anyways, sidetrack. Oh, no, um, yeah, no. So, we're talking, so we got back on the story of... Um, what you were, Yeah. yeah. Long drawn story. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> this is another question I have as, a, as more of an ag mechanic. There is quite... Um, I would say in every industry, there's slow times as, you know, maybe winter slows down construction and other things, but ag is pretty much like your busy time and your slow time. Mm -hmm. So do a lot of places like have high turnover where you only work the season and then you come back the next season or. So the big thing about that farm I work for, um, they had a mechanic there previously that had been there for like 30 years and, um, he was a Hispanic guy, and uh, so at the end of the season, he'd go to Mexico, spend time, you know, live like a king in Mexico. Well, he just never came back. Oh, okay. And uh, so they needed a mechanic. They hired somebody, uh, whatever, probably, you know, six months before they hired me. That guy quit, and this guy called me and said, hey, I'll give you this much money. Come and work for me. I go down there. Um, it was more hourly, but it didn't have any benefits. So at the dairy, I had benefits. They weren't very good, but there's still something. Um, and then, you know, started raining, those types of things. Well, when it rained, everybody just goes home. Well, I can't afford that. I need to work. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I need to work and it was just perfect timing. Uh, I had a buddy that had just graduated the tech, the John Deere tech program. And he worked at the local dealer 
And he said, hey, we're hiring. You want to apply? I went in, talked to the store manager, told him where I worked, who I worked for, all those types of things. And and I think a week later, he called me back and said, you're hired. Shit. I mean, I barely, you know, I, I'd, I would like, technically, I didn't really have a interview, but, you know, I kind of sat down and talked with him. Uh, I got hired on. And I was making four or five dollars more than what I was making at that farm. Oh shit, that's but good. But the big difference was I was working eight hours a day, not ten hours a day. And uh, was this for a shop position? Yeah. So, unfortunately, I failed to read the what would you call it the uh, offer letter very well. <laughs> and what he said the position was and what it actually was were two different things. And so I thought I was getting hired on as a mechanic. It was the same hourly rate, but I thought I was getting hired on as a mechanic. And then turned out I was hired on as a setup tech, which, you know, hindsight, it made me learn how to do the easy stuff, if that makes sense. Like there were tons of people that worked there that just got hired on as a mechanic and they didn't know how to properly torque wedges on a tractor. Um, Do we want to talk about what wedges are? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, you know what wedges are? No. You don't know? I, I mean, uh, you're, you're a yeah, truck mechanic. Yeah, I forgot. Well, I work on anything I'm paid to work on, but I also know when I'm out of my uh, expertise. You, po- you know what wedges are, right? They're potatoes. Do what? They're potatoes. Potato They're wedges. Potatoes. I'm just kidding. Yes, I know what wedges are. I was lost. I was like, what in the world are you talking about potatoes? <laughs> so on the on the rear wheels. Right. Um what's the best way to explain it's a wedge basically it literally that that's how because you can move the wheels in and out right they're tapered together they're tapered together i would imagine the name implies that they're the shape i (laughs) i can visualize that i just don't know where they go or what it's more of a like so it's two halves okay it's like more of a cone shaped okay um and so wherever you slide your wheel out right um those tighten down on the axle okay but when it pulls in it I'm trying to think of what to compare it to. Well, the big... How about like on axles? You know, you pull your axle out, but you take the nut off. It's got that little wedge in there. Right. Same concept. It just kind of holds it in place. Just think of it like a big giant acorn. Okay, that makes sense. Lug nut. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. That too. But but the key is the way I was taught, whether it's right or wrong, uh, you torque those until they stop moving. And then you go drive it around. And then you torque them again. And then you drive it around, and if the bolts keep getting tighter, you have to continue to drive it around. I'm sure this is probably going to be debatable for a lot of people. Well, the the thing is, we're in control, uh, so I don't care what any anybody yeah. says. The okay. internet, keyboard warriors. <laughs> yes. Well, like they say, there's the right way to do things and the wrong way to do things. Um, you can only do it the way you're taught, though, right? Yeah. Well, and there's a right way, and then there's a way where your wheels fall off, so I imagine yeah. that one of them is right. <laughs> And so I got hired on there. It started from started from the bottom. Now we're here. Now we're and here. uh it was just kinda you know, it it was good because at the time a lot of the old guys still worked at the dealer. Uh, you know, those guys had been there for thirty, thirty five years. One guy had been there for forty years. Uh he started there in nineteen seventy four. Jesus. Um he just recently retired a couple of years ago, but uh, yeah, I kind of, and then, what am I thinking of here? So there was a customer 
that was going to lease like 18 tractors and they all had to have some weird spacing for tomatoes. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you know, the common in our area is 60 and 80. Mm-hmm. This was like 73. <laughs> so it had, was like some weird spacing and, uh, me and another setup guy that had got hired almost about a month after I did, um, because a dealership I worked at had recently been acquired by another company. And um, we did all 18 of them, and I don't think a single wheel came loose on any of those. Damn, gold star, baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So how, what year did you start there? 14. Okay, so a year before I got into ag. So obviously you came in when they were still doing the original uh, – advanced tech master tech they changed it up right yeah so now it's so we can get into this now or later but so my buddy that worked there he no longer works there he he decided he didn't want to be a mechanic um i'll save that story i don't want to be a mechanic either but it's all i know well he he (laughs) he's not going to listen to this anyways but (laughs) he spent all that money going to john deere tech school and then decided that he didn't like being a mechanic Mm. and became a pest control advisor. Whatever you're happy with. Yeah, you know, whatever you want to do. But it it worked out great because, um, so anyways, he'd only worked there for like five years and was considered a master technician. Mm -hmm. And so the the joke all the old guys had with him and a few other guys was he was a master at taking classes. (laughs) He wasn't a master. That's all you had to do is take (laughs) classes and then you have so many credits and... You can yeah. answer all the questions on the test. Yeah, because I, yeah. I was an advanced, almost a master tech, and like I just took a bunch of fucking online classes and yeah. took a. I came out here to Dallas a couple times and took a combine class and a eight R class, I think, and just some other shit. And it's like, oh, you got all these credits now. You're an advanced tech. <laughs> yeah, the um, I did. I was doing all the warranty work or a lot of the warranty work on Cummins for the longest time, and then they go, "You're not even certified on the Cummins." I said. Okay, well, you've never sent me to class, but I guess I'm just the only one that does all this stuff. And so I ended up having to go to one of those. But a lot of times the classes don't mean a ton. They, you know, they're helpful when you realize, oh, that's, you know, I understand that. But when you've worked on it and then you go to class, it's like, I kind of know all this already. Mm -hmm. I get to see a little bit behind the scenes on why they do some certain things. But most of the time, it's not like you're going to leave the class a master tech. You're either good or you're not, and then the class can help or you can just not pay attention. But In my opinion, the class has helped a lot on theory. Yeah. But the the ag side versus the construction side on training was so much different. Like It's almost like they didn't give a shit if you passed the test at the end or not. They just give you all the answers? Yeah, because they're like... I, like we I need came, you to show that you passed this class. So. I came out here for combine training at the Dallas Depot, um, and we literally took the test at the end, which it didn't seem that serious. And the guy's like, okay, let's go over our answers. I'm like, good thing I didn't answer that <laughs> one, you know? And so I got 100%, but, like, the construction side of deer, holy shit, man. I... I got a hundred on a lot of stuff, but I mean, they take that shit seriously. Did we already talk about training and uh, and the stories of people not showing up to class? 
Maybe, but I we've... think we talked about this. I don't know. I can't remember if it was on the podcast or not. Uh, I, think I remember it. A, a we bit. talked about. Oh no, no, no! Because I can't wait to get Stephen on here because yeah. he's got great stories, man. From Hawaii. that reminds me, I got a shirt for him. So fuck you, Stephen. <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, we're talking about it, so I might as well throw it in there. But sure. at this one time, um, so our service manager would set us up for our classes and everything and book our hotel and rental car and all that. And um, I end up showing up to a class and I'm like, all right, so, you know, I go to the hotel and they go, oh, that room's already been checked into. I'm like, I didn't know I was sharing a hotel room with somebody. It was a guy from another branch. Anyways, I'm like, okay, whatever. I go up there, knock on the door, say, hey, man, I'm, you know, sharing the hotel with you, whatever. And, uh, the, like within the first, like three minutes of me being, being there, the guy goes, you know, uh, don't pay any attention. If I wake up in the middle of the night screaming, I have night terrors. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm like, buddy, is this going to be a problem? Like, f- and he goes, well, just, just, uh, you know, just wake me up if I do that. And I'm like, all right, man. So luckily, uh, I, I didn't have to, uh, have any altercations with this, a different this room. guy? Yeah, but um, the uh, anyway. So the last day, we're in the middle of. Uh, I don't know if you know where Chillicothe, Ohio, is, but the only thing that's there is pretty much a Kenworth uh, plant, a manufacturing plant. So that's where they do the training. This guy goes, "Oh, I've got a girlfriend that lives down the road, and he's from like North Carolina or something." And I'm like, "Okay, Does your wife know <laughs> how much are you paying her?" Um, but he's like, uh, so I'm not going to be here on Thursday night. I'm going to spend the night over there. And I'm like, look, man, I'm not responsible for you. They say show up, you know, you don't want to get fired or anything, but I'm not, you know, I don't know nothing. I'm not saying nothing unless it's on a podcast years later, but, um, <laughs> he showed up the next day, but he looked miserable that day. He looked kind of like, yeah, but he did just, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, look, man, I, you know, take it serious, but, um, one of the instructors there was talking about how he got a call one time or he had to make a call to a service manager cause a tech didn't show up and the dude lost his job cause he got, so he went out partying on, on a weeknight of the training, hooked up with some girl, went home or went somewhere. And the lady's, uh, the lady's boyfriend, husband, whatever, found out, and they got into an altercation, and the dude ended up sitting in, in jail overnight and uh, lost his job. Oh, I can see why he got fired then. Yeah. But the moral of the story is uh, show up to training classes when you go to them. Yeah. I've had it to where, like, my buddy Buddha, um, they said he had training and call him, Yo, you're supposed to be in training right now. He's like, mm, no, I'm not. Yeah. They never sent him the thing. Yeah. And like they were trying to get on him about it. He's like, I don't I don't even know what you're talking about. Or the the day before, it's like, Hey, you're going out of town and you're like, I wish I had a heads up here, but yeah, training something I kinda miss, but at the same time, you know, it's uh it, you don't always learn a ton, but it's always nice to take a week and, you know, kind of refresh on certain things or cover new subjects, new technology, whatever's coming out or down the pipeline, but Anyways, I don't get any more of that these days. Yeah. So we kind of went off on a tangent for training-wise, but so did you, all your training and stuff there, how long did you work there? Almost nine years. Nine years. So I take it you were Master Tech? Nope. No? (laughs) Advanced Tech? Nope. (laughs) 
<laughs> I worked there nine years and was a silver tech. Oh, oh, that's right. They changed it. Silver, so, gold, and bronze, right? Something yeah. Like so every time I asked to be a gold tech or take the class or whatever, I think I, what I was told is I was, I needed a, what's the term? Your boss basically has to sign off on it. Yeah. And say, yeah, you know what you're doing. Yeah. And a recommendation uh, or something. I don't know. He just fills out this questionnaire thing and, and sends it to Deer, and Deer says, well, his boss says he knows what he's doing, so let's make him a gold tech. I don't know how true that is or not, but every time I asked about it, uh, I was told that, oh, well, you know, they're not doing it anymore, and they're changing it from gold to freaking platinum or whatever, and uh, it just got to the point where I quit asking because it wasn't going to make a difference anyways. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, I got certified. I was just a certified tech for probably four or five years. And then, uh, my buddy that quit the dealership, he was a field guy when he quit and he was considered like the backup cotton picker guy. And when Racist. he, were you already in a truck at this point? No. So, so that <laughs> kind of goes back to my buddy that quit was, he put his two weeks in and kind of took his stuff out of the truck or started to or whatever. I think he'd already been gone for a week or two uh, when cotton season in California started going down. And um, it was one of those things was the service manager came out and uh, kind of asked all the shop guys, you know, who wants to learn who we got this cotton picker that's broke down, who wants to go work on it? A lot of the older chop tech said, I don't want anything to do with cotton pickers. And the one guy that did want to um, didn't have a driver's license. And so <laughs> I got bumped up to the top of the totem pole, and I said, I guess I'm going to learn how to work on cotton pickers. And uh, that was kind of it. I worked on cotton pickers that season, kind of did half in, half out. And I think probably... Either the beginning of the year, yeah, the beginning of the year of that next year, uh, my boss called me in the office. I'm thinking he's going to tell me, you know, get your shit out of the truck. You know, you're a horrible, horrible field mechanic. <laughs> and uh, he actually tells me, uh, take all the shit out of your box in the shop, take your box home, put it all in the truck. You're a field mechanic now. Oh, God. Now, where's my raise? <laughs> yeah, that didn't come till a long time later. <laughs> I think I was still making... California minimum wage at the time. This is something uh, I, I don't think. Um, I think we or Colton, when you were your early episodes, you were kind of staying on top of it. But I think we've uh, <laughs> we've missed a few of them. But um, when you moved into your first service truck, what kind of truck was that? It was a 2004 Chevy 4500. I used to ask that. Yeah. Well, I feel like it. Maybe I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. Well, um, <laughs> maybe not. Uh, there's, I think it's interesting at least when I'm listening or if I was a listener, I'd want to know those kind of things. But, um, as a, as an ag tech, um, I'd imagine that a lot of stuff, well, maybe not, I guess you hadn't even done like service calls or anything on the farms you had worked at, or was there just pretty much straight, you work on it when it's in the shop. 
what do you mean at the dealer or no even before that like at the the farms and stuff oh yeah so they, they run like a pick, a shop truck or any sort of service truck over there yeah that you so just the, get thrown the dairy into we or, had like a three-quarter ton plumber you know construction truck basically right and it just had a had a handful of tools so you could fix easy stuff get something out of a field so or, like the big thing about working at the dairy was equipment was probably only 50 percent of the job right uh the rest was welding gates fences cables you know a few little milking things uh that kind of thing the majority of the dairy was actually welding i spent a lot of time arc welding right and so that's why now i always say i'm a better arc welder than i'm a mig welder because i did it for i mean we welded sheet metal with with an arc welder with what is it 16th or 8th inch rod or something like that yeah i don't know a coat hanger yeah. done a coat that hanger <laughs> uh we welded a muffler on my buddy's truck with a coat hanger and a torch it's fucking awesome yeah that sounds a whole lot of screw that hey it, it turned out good we were laying dimes it, it turned <laughs> out fucking good uh, <laughs> it didn't happen Fuck and God. then when i worked for that orchard we just had a flatbed truck with a toolbox on it and that was just the majority of that was you know the daily service blowing air filters grease and that kind of thing but other than that everything was take it to the shop and fix it so you didn't uh you didn't really have a did you have an expectation of what it would be like in the field service or just kind of i kind of had an expectation because i'd gone out with the older i keep calling them the older guys but yeah the older guys that had worked there forever and so you know again like a lot of those guys there was a guy that i used to go out with quite a bit um he used to always call every guys from the shop his swampers and so he was at the time probably in his early 60s and so no offense to him but putting a starter on a 9r and 9000 series tractor was a little bit much for him you know again he'd been doing this for 40 years and he was in his 60s and so i'll hand you tools and tell you what you need to do right and yeah i'm the senior tech but you're going to be doing all the work right and which a lot that of guys goes. a lot of guys hated that but you know hindsight i probably i hated it at the time too but hindsight it forced me to you know it's it train he's trained me right you know um i tell you what we're gonna do right now uh we're going to take a break because I have to drain my main vein really bad. Man, we've been over, going for what, like 20 minutes? Sitting over here dancing shit. And, uh, no worries. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. <laughs> and we're back. Joe, I know you had a few questions over there. You know, let's get into it. Why not? We're, we're kind of wrapping up on your history, your bio. Uh, I guess it was all worked into one there yes sir but um we're talking on the break about how uh i, I don't know if you mentioned this before we sat down or, or what but you had said pretty much when you decided to leave the dealer at the time it was a very short period of time before you were in a truck and doing calls of your own so why don't you break that down a little bit and tell us had you been thinking about going solo and then just really committed to it and and it took that short period of time or what was that looking like hold on time out 
Do you remember the Do you remember the conversation that we had prior to you going out on your own? Maybe a few months before. Hey, I'm thinking about moving to Texas. Yes, sir. Uh, blah blah. blah. Like, yeah, come on, I'll hire you right off the bat. No, my wife can't. That was honestly like so. My <laughs> my sister in law and her husband had moved out here this time last year. So like, no, it was like March, whenever it was, February, March. No, it was February because my daughter had just been born. Okay. And uh, it was kind of one of those, they moved out here. Uh, It's, you know, my wife's sister, they're pretty close. And so I was kind of like, screw it, you know. Everybody says Texas is great. Let's move to Texas, you know. Let's go California that Texas. Let's go California that Texas. Man, <laughs> there's, there's a raging fire burning inside of me right now. No, At least we're on the good side of, cal- you know, like voting and shit. Yeah, anyway. I was going to bring all my gay friends here and yeah. and uh, all them transgenders. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was kind of the plan for a little while was I wanted to move to Texas or out of state somewhere. And, and uh, so to go back even further... So I had a, a service manager at the dealer that I absolutely, I, I'll still say to this day, he was the best person I ever worked for mm-hmm. um, just because he didn't take any shit. And me being a young mechanic, he kind of molded me into the field guy that I am now. So he was there for the majority of your time at the dealer? Yeah, so he technically he started, so he'd worked at the dealer in the early 2000s, quit work for a farmer, sorry, and uh, quit work for a farmer for like 12 years and then came back to the dealer. Um, he became the service manager, I think, a year after he'd gotten hired. Um, and so at my dealer, you had a field supervisor and a shop supervisor. Um, so he kind of helped mold me into the mechanic I am or the field tech I am. Uh, you know, you call him and you say, hey, man, I can't figure this out. And he'd say, well, I'm sitting behind a desk. What do you want me to do? He didn't charge his crystal ball is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. I mean, and, and he knew his shit, too, but he was just, you know. No freebies? No freebies. Figure it out. Don't leave until you figure it out. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure at times I hated it, but, you know, looking back, he made me, you know, he made me figure it out. He didn't give me any easy outs. Um, you know, if I struggle for something for four or five hours, he'd, you know, did you try a Terminator? Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, why didn't you, you know, that should have been the first thing you did. Well, you know, yeah, that kind of thing. that's what's crazy about the ag side. Like, I noticed the Terminators and the suction control valves. Yep. I just did one of those last week. And, like, I don't see suction control valves go bad on the yellow side. And we have a few different Terminators, but... They're the mm-hmm. what 160 ohm or whatever the the gray ones, the triangles. Yeah, the uh, they're Deutsch. Yeah, Deutsch style. Yeah, I, you never see those go out. Like 160 yeah. or 120. I can't remember. 120. Is it a data link? Can bus? Yeah, it should be 120. Is it 120? I don't fucking remember. Yeah, it it's should be 60 ohms of total that's resistance. What, that's where I got. And 60. then you have 120 of uh, individual. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I don't remember, man. I don't see him go bad, so I don't change him or test him. Yeah, so, <laughs> so he ended up, uh, God, just keeping it straight over. He there. ended up getting fired from the dealer for other reasons, for reasons that I can't say. Um, 
and so he was always the one that talked me off the ledge. You know, I'd go talk to him and, and say, you know, hey, man, I can't do this anymore. I quit or I'm going to quit. I'm thinking about quitting. I'm going to go sit down with this dealer, that dealer, whoever it may be. And he'd always talk me off the ledge. Well, he got fired last year. And uh, I was going to go. I was going to quit then. I, that's probably about the time I called, texted you, whatever. And then, uh, you know, my daughter was going to be here three or four months later. So that was the excuse. Nope, I can't do it because I got a kid coming. And then she was here. You know, she got here. Well, I can't do it because she just got here. <laughs> and then you know, there, there was all these reasons why yeah. not to do it. Your wife's a teacher, yeah. too, right? Yeah, and that was kind of one of the things, too. Yeah, so that was a big thing about moving out here was my wife's uh, salary would be basically cut in half. Yeah. Uh, mine would, from the little bit of research I did, I think mine would stay about the same. Which is weird because our property taxes are sky high. Where's all that money going? Mm-hmm. Oh, don't don't get me started on taxes. Yes. That's the <laughs> other podcast, guys. Yeah. Listen to it whenever um, you do it. <laughs> I'm going to be on there and just rage out about Yeah, we're going to – our first episode is going to be stupid. Are you going to yeah. be the co-host on that one too? No, no he's going to be a guest. So. Okay. Anyway, sorry. My oh, bad. No, you're good. Uh, so then middle to early July, I was kind of having a bad month, month and a half, whatever. I sat down with a dealer – about an hour from us, from my house. Um, he promised the world, kind of. And then once I sat down and we actually talked a little bit more, you know, he kind of went back on a lot of his promises. Was that a red dealership? Yes, sir. It's a red dealer. A one I happened to maybe work at for a couple no, weeks? No, no, no. I know who you're thinking of, but no, this was south of. Our buddy Wrench Z works there, doesn't he? Wrench Z, yep. Okay, same company. No, 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 no. Oh, oh. So, so Rent Z works for the dealer that you used to work at. Okay, okay. Uh, this is a different dealer. Okay, my bad. No, you're good. Just trying to nitpick um, here. Yeah, so there was about an hour south of me, and then he was like, yeah, you know, I need a guy for up north. And so I sat down with him. He said, yeah, you know, you're, you're underpaid where you're working now. Uh, I'll give you a brand new service truck, and I'll give you, you know, this much more an hour. How many times have you heard that? A lot. Yes. That's all. That's a big reason why I always stayed at my old dealer was I threatened to quit. They'd give me a dollar, and so I'd stay. And then I'd threaten to quit, and they'd give me a dollar fifty, and then I'd stay. And then get you a nice Kenworth. Yeah, I got had a Kenworth uh, T. What is it? T two seventy, right? Yeah. With a IMT bed on it. It's a badass truck, but it was a pain in the ass. It was too big. I couldn't. The big thing was there's a lot of orchards in my area, so a lot of guys, you know, you'd pull up and they'd just kind of look at you and say, "You're not pulling that in the field. You're not. Yeah. You're no. You're not. You can't. It would. It Get physically stuck or would, what? Or it just physically wouldn't fit, yeah. especially down the rows for the yeah. orchards. Yeah, you'd be trimming the trees with your crane. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, so I was at the time at the dealer. I was kind of the the backup chopper technician. You know, corn choppers. Yeah. Um. I didn't know shit about choppers. I knew that they chop corn. Corn goes in here, goes out there. Uh, I was, um, I mean, the, the, I think 2020, yeah, 2020, I got a, uh, a really quick lesson. I can't think of the term right now. 
But yeah, I, I had to learn real quick how to fix a chopper uh, that had lost a gearbox on the side of the... Oh, those are the worst. Of, oh, don't, I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah. I got that stupid-ass chain coupling. Well, so this was a newer chopper. Oh, so it didn't have that? So what had happened was, it's probably, it might be on my personal Facebook or Instagram, but uh, so what had happened was there was a nut that held this gear drive for the side and that gear drive drove all the hydraulic pumps for this machine mm-hmm. um and all you chopper techs are probably going to say no you idiot but anyways it was an 8800 john deere chopper um well there was a detach solution at the time that this nut had one of those star washers that you're supposed to bend over mm-hmm. well i guess at the factory they didn't bend it over correctly wait they didn't what they didn't bend it over correctly. You know, the little star lock. Damn it. I'm trying to you clip it. That's what she said. <laughs> I, I could, it wouldn't fucking go over. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so they didn't bend up. it over, and the nut came loose. And so what had happened was the shaft kind of backed out, and it leaked all the fluid dude. out of this machine. Dude. That's what she said. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> and... Uh, so it's basically on the side of a main road, uh, and this guy calls me on a Saturday afternoon and says, hey, this thing just lost all the oil. I was the guy on call at the time, mm. and I go out there, and at the time I had a 550 service truck with like a 3,000-pound crane on it. So I'm thinking that I got to pull. The book says you have to pull the engine in order to fix this. Oh, that okay. So I, I'm I was thinking a completely different gearbox for some reason, but I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. So it's the, telling me you got to pull the engine, piece. and so I'm like, well, I'm not gonna pull a. So this had a 19 liter Cummins in it. Uh-huh. Easy. <laughs> yeah. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen a chopper? I know what a 19 liter Cummins looks like. Yeah. Uh, no, and it probably would be easy, but. I'm just you know, giving a hard time. The that 3,000 no, pound crane doesn't sound like it. Uh, oh, once you get the boom out, it probably goes down to about 500 pounds. Yeah. So, And yeah. considering this chopper is sitting probably three feet off the pavement. Um, so I call another tech who was the backup on call. Um, can I shout him out, actually? Do what you want. Keith Roper, he's actually, on, he's actually an independent mechanic, too. Uh, Roper's Tractor Repair is that guy's name. Out of California? Out of California. Obviously stupid. Yeah. What a dumbass. <laughs> what a stupid-ass comment. Uh, oh. So he's coming like 20 minutes away, so I'm doing everything I can, pulling belts off, air boxes, things like that, thinking we're going to have to pull the engine. He gets there and says, well, I've never done one either. <laughs> and so we pull this gearbox off the side of this. this I, I would call it a gearbox. It's probably a gear shaft or some shit. We pull it off. Um, yeah, we split it, pull it off. He had a Kenworth T270 at the time. We pulled the thing off, uh, find the nut, the lock washer, and the little thrust washer sitting in the bottom of the other gearbox. Oh, it had shit. completely spun off. <laughs> and so we're kind of like thinking, well, shit, now what do we do? We go through the the book. The book says you have to order a new nut and all this other stuff, right? But we're on the side of the road, and it's getting dark. So we just tighten that nut with a chisel and a hammer, and we stake the threads, (laughs) and we put it back on, put it back together, and uh, 
guy, the customer goes and gets oil, puts oil in it. And I think six weeks later, he dropped it off at the shop and I fixed it right. Hey, it made it though. But yeah, cool. it made it. And in hindsight, it probably would have, the way we fixed it out in the field was probably better than the book said to do it. Yeah. You gave it 501 foot pounds. It asked for 499. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there was that, you know, like, sorry, we kind of went off on the tangent there. Um, so basically in July I had a bad day, bad week, bad few weeks. And uh I kinda came home and told my wife, you know, either I need to quit and go somewhere else or uh I'm going out on my own. And she said, Let's do it. Let's go out. You can let you know, go out on your own. That's I talked to a bunch of uh your your guests. I talked to, uh, what's his name? Freedom Field Service. Oh, Wade Bodie. I'm, I'm horrible with names. So. Yeah, Wade Bodie. That's you know the dog. Instagram names, at least. Yes. That's yeah. all that matters. Yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> um, I talked to him and asked him, you know, when's the best time to go out on your own and those types of things. And he says, he told me, if you if you wait for the time, if you wait for a divine sign to go out on your own, you'll never do it. It's kind of yeah. like, his. I think his expression was, it's like having kids. Yeah. You're never gonna, it's never the right time. It's a, I, yeah, there's never the right time. I'm, I'm guessing I've never done it. Yeah. So, but uh, that's what I'm assuming. <laughs> right. Right. What do I know? <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah. So I went and bought a truck. Um, on that subject, I will say there's probably a wrong time, but I don't know if there's yeah. ever a right time. Yeah. Yeah. So I went and bought a truck. Went and used Quick, not QuickBooks. What the hell is it called? Formed to LLC, whatever the hell that company is. Oh yeah, yeah, one of them. Yeah, formed to LLC. Got a business license. Uh, all the other crap you need in California to do that. Um, you don't need it. They just might arrest you if you don't have it. Yeah. <laughs> well, my like thing paying was taxes. You don't have to pay taxes. Just there might be some consequences on yeah. the other end of it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I quit the dealership August 26th, and my first job was August 27th, so. Hell yeah, and. Been going ever since. So, let's get into Arrowhead Field Repair, correct? Yes, sir. Um, what all does your company do? Like, what do you work on? So, I think Joe said it earlier, I'll work on whatever somebody wants to pay me to work on. Um, so far, I. Changed a battery in a gator. <laughs> I fixed it like a D120 lawnmower that the blades wouldn't turn on. Hey, works work, man. I put a I put a leaf spring on an F350. Um, I did some work on a Dusen loader. I did some work on an AC work on a D6. Majority of my work has actually been deer stuff. So yeah. luckily, I wouldn't say that I stole any customers because stealing is bad you don't have to you don't have to say stealing uh they you walked away and they followed, they followed you yes there's yeah, no so, theft in that right uh, yeah so i walked away and a few guys followed me uh a lot of those guys have deer equipment um so it's uh you you've been able to maintain relationships with previous customers yeah okay yeah yeah i mean and i've done work for you know buddies that have had broken tractors forever and they just couldn't afford the dealer. And, and when I worked for the dealer, I didn't do side work. I did it every now and then, but the last thing I wanted to do when I got off work was go work on more stuff. Um, last thing I want to do is work at all. Yeah. 
um, actually right now another one of my buddies who's a he's a car mechanic but he's an independent shop he's actually installing my new compressor in my truck right now okay because I've had it for about a month and a half and it's just been sitting in my garage in the crate and he said and I asked him said how, how much would you charge me to install this and plumb it and wire it and all that and he gave me a price and I said I'll drop the truck off and that's what he's doing right now so oh yeah uh just kind of want to yeah kind of that you know luckily i got hooked up with a lot of independence in my area um so i mean we kind of talk and and say hey you know i got this guy up in this town that needs this done i can't get to it do you want it or i'm the same way you know hey this guy called me and i can't make it does anybody else want it it's kind of a big group chat kind of thing so have you had anything that you like went out to and couldn't fix like didn't know what the fuck you're doing so we'll leave again we'll leave names out of it that d6 loader or d6 dummy (laughs) d6 bulldozer i went and looked at worked on whatever uh i went up there to change the ac compressor and it snowballed so it turned into not only does it need a compressor, it needs a condenser. Hmm. And not only does it need a condenser, the entire system needs to be flushed. And then not only does the entire system need to be flushed, so on that particular Caterpillar, what I didn't know, you know, I didn't know the system, right? That's supposed to be step two or three or whatever in your diagnostics. <laughs> the dryer on those machines are quick disconnect couplers. Yeah. Well, one of the quick disconnect couplers was broken, and I didn't realize it. And so it snowballed pretty bad. And uh, once I did finally get it fixed, there was a crap load of labor in it. And uh, I did discount it heavily because I kind of learned on it. And he was about an hour and a half away from my house. It ran great for about six hours. And he called me back and said, hey, it quit working again. And I go back up there and it ended up being an electrical issue. A comp- just happened to be the electrical circuit for the AC. And because I was the last one to work on it, it's your fault. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spent probably two hours looking for, I mean, there was no power on either side of the fuse. Wow. On a machine that I'd never worked on before. <laughs> and so run, I'm run a jumper from the direct from the, battery. Pump yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, I was using my power yeah. probe. So that's how I knew everything was still properly charged and working correctly but even the blower motors wouldn't turn on so it was a major electrical issue um i told him nicely that hey uh it wasn't broke when i left (laughs) um you're gonna be better off calling somebody that's got way more experience on this machine than i do and uh, that's what he did and he had someone else fix it and we talked later on and had kumbayas and we came to an agreement and what was fair. And so he, he just kind of promised that, Hey, I won't say anything bad about you. You don't say anything bad about me. I said, thank you, sir. <laughs> Let's just wash our hands with it and we'll be gone. I'm new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, I've had a couple other jobs that kind of snowballed into other things, but we won't talk about those. So right quick before we move on, uh, You've actually, so the dealership that you used to work for, they've actually contacted you, right, into working on some of their shit? So, 
Jeez, breathe into the microphone <laughs> a little heavier next time. Don't sound so disappointed. <laughs> so I was actually kind of hoping that you forgot about that. Because, no, I, uh, we're talking about that shit. Because uh, like an under the table, uh, n- nobody's supposed to know. Yes. So it was kind of one of those. Nobody knows. Nobody listens to this podcast. Someone yeah. called me about one of their customers needing some work done. And, uh, yeah, it was for a different dealer. Oh. Okay. And uh, it was one of those things of, of, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. But that one snowballed because that was supposed to be fix the AC. And uh, I fixed the AC. And then he said, well, the three-point doesn't work. Let's fix that too. Okay, I remember this machine. And uh, I, uh, the pins were seized. And uh, in the process of trying to hold a chisel and swing a five-pound small little sledge to beat this pin out, uh, I didn't have enough of a grip on the chisel, and it sprung and broke the back window on that tractor. So you, that you was should have, you should have just quit while you're ahead, man. So that was about a five hundred dollar oops on my part. Jesus uh, Christ! A lot of people say that I should have should have charged the customer at least half price for that, but it wasn't his fault that I broke the window. Yeah, but is it a poorly maintained machine? Is that why everything he had just bought that machine? Oh, yeah, you should <laughs> fucking charged him. Bill it to the last guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. That guy said that I would do a lot of his work from now on. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, well, you know, I'll make it up somewhere else, right? Well, using that same customer, right? I'm going to do enough work for him. You know, obviously I'm not going to screw him, but I'm sure Joe knows, you know, you get screwed on a job and then you just make it up on the same customer somewhere else. Yeah, it's just like buying on the Snap-on truck. They give you a free wrench, but ultimately you pay for it. <laughs> yes. Here's your pocket screwdriver. You want yeah. this uh, nice, fancy $1,000 set of wobble sockets? Yeah, we'll give you a, a free That I'm definitely not marked up like 2X. With my name and phone number on it, yeah. so you know to advertise for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, We're fucked up. Yeah, but I've not I've had that. plenty of those where you um you just say, you know, I'm going to eat it this time and next time not I'm going to go above and beyond and kind of, you know, break it off or anything, but you uh you want to do business and sometimes volume is more important than uh than just the initial, you know, you can sell somebody one thing and market up a bunch of money and make money there or you can do work for them all the time and make it up over time. So well, a lot of customers will appreciate that when you take care of them on something like a broken window or something like that 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 you could have made them pay for. You could have said, hey, you know, it's not my fault your pen was seized and I had to hammer on it and it turned out to be all that. But, yeah, most of the time the customer will appreciate that and they'll call you back because of that. That was kind of my thing. I was hoping that he's going to remember that I didn't charge him for that window. Well, and $500 if you're, you know, just earning a paycheck on a, you know, a weekly basis, five hundred dollars is a lot to drop out of your pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes when you're a, a business owner, five hundred dollars is just cost of doing business. You know, I want to move on and be done with it. I'd rather just pay the five hundred dollars and and not have anything else to uh, worry about. Yeah, I think he probably had over five hundred dollars in labor just trying to get that pin out. So yeah, it was uh, 
it was one of those things. I mean, he has yet to call me back, but hopefully he calls me back and I do some. Don't break his window him. again. No, no, break, break the no. front one this time. I actually bought a punch holder. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> because I do not want that to happen again. Is that an apprentice or what? <laughs> no, you've never seen those. It's like I'm a little. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was like, I was serious? trying to make a joke. I was like, are you serious? You've never seen one of those? Excuse me. I, uh, I've done my fair share of window breaking. I blew a, I was pulling the ass end out from a T tractor, uh, old double lot. I think mm-hmm. 8500 T, RT, mm-hmm. not RT, not T, RT. Duh. Um, and you know, you have to lift the cab up just a little bit. Yep. Just get the mounts high enough. And I was, Somehow Wait, I think what to pull the ascent out from under the. Okay, it's been a while since I've done a double. Yeah. Up, so you, sorry, you literally just have to put these little spacers in to hold mm-hmm. the cab up off the ascent because it supports it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're and right. You're right. I had yeah. the forklift under there, but I guess it tweaked it just enough and it blew the fucking front windshield out. I thought I thought I broke an AC line because the way it <laughs> sounded because it was like like air and i'm did it shatter like, or just split was it? that it, it literally just shattered blew it out of the the front windshield you're in the and shop or in the field i was in the shop well i was a field tech then but i was still a, a ccne guy right. so you got to sweep it up i was gonna say if you broke it in the field just oh, oh yeah no i was this was way back i was still in a chevy 3500 you know mower truck and they were giving me bigger stuff to do and here, here, you need to pull this out because it stripped the spline on the shaft. And like, okay. And first thing I do is blow the window out of it. And I'm like, walking to the office with my tail between my legs, like, hey, boss, I blew the window out of this motherfucker. <laughs> Haven't broken any windows yet. Fingers crossed. So, yeah. So the dealer I used to work with, we used to do a lot of uh, gungeon, gungeons. Gungeons, uh, yeah. Uh, do you know what a gungeon is? Absolutely not. It's the articulate eight tire we'll, we'll just go you know like the big yeah, eight tires right uh it's the i know what they look like i don't know the names so it's a it, it reminds me of like it, the the way they named it it's just like medieval times to me like well and it's actually right. pronounced gungeon 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 whatever it's there's no there's no n in the so, middle of it so it's kind of like a dampener is actually a damper. dampener <laughs> i'll but, call uh, it whatever i want but yeah, so breaking front windows on uh, like nine R's is a common thing that the dealer that I used to work for, because uh, gudgeons go out all the time, at least in my Gungeon. area. I don't know. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I don't know if maybe uh, they're not ballasted correctly or what, but yeah, gudgeons, gungeons yeah, were a common problem. Still sounds like medieval time shit. Gudgeon. Like a dungeon? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean... I hit the ground running and and I really I think realistically I've probably taken five unwanted days off because I didn't have anything to do and uh you know I can kind of get wrapped up in my head when that happens and just kind of say that you know what this isn't going to work out I'm going to sell everything because you know cuz nobody called today yeah uh but I've kind of learned to you just got to get over it and you're not going to get a call every day and at this point, I'm about a week and a half, a week behind. Um, well, it's because you're out here fucking off yeah. in Texas. No, this is it. If you guys didn't know, I'm not here. This is, I'm a, uh, what's Rejection. it called? Oh, Rejection. Yeah. I'm he's actually just working got, on a tractor right now. He's recording on a microphone back home, sending me the audio file. 
and a camera file. Yes. Yeah. Magically so if any of my customers are listening, I will call you at the end of next week. <laughs> I'm out here working so hard. Yeah. I'm way behind. I can't keep up. Yeah. No, here's the perfect story. He's out here helping me. I'm way behind. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I'll send you a bill. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't want to talk about tools, but you, know, <laughs> you being a new operator, owner, operator, whatever you want to call it. Um, Joe, what do you think? Should we get into tool talk? Sure. Especially like specialty tools, you know, uh, you're obviously a deer technician. Um, yes, sir. How's that service advisor? Uh, so I got service advisor from the same person that everyone else gets service advisor from yes. on Facebook. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm never mind. Go on. So I got, but I would say, uh, that, yeah, on that subject, um, you still, there are aspects of, uh, you know, running your own show that a lot of people may not think about and you may not have thought about it till you get out and mm-hmm. you're starting to do it. But, um, yeah, diagnostic software, Some sometimes that, not only the software, but the kind of IT support that comes with it, um, you know, like you subtly said there, everybody kind of knows a guy who uh, is help, helpful with that, but... Um, and I will say he is that. I don't yeah. know. Do you use the same? No. No? So. I know a guy. But we know a guy. We know who you're talking about, and we know plenty of people that use the same person. I mean, I've never had any issues with him. Uh, you know, sometimes you say, hey, this isn't working, and he says, you know, give me 20 minutes and... Operator error. For no, you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, that's actually been the majority of because it only works on Internet Explorer, and Internet Explorer is keep trying to delete itself on my Garbage. computer. Yeah, uh, so I tried to use Google Chrome, and he's like, no, 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 dummy, that doesn't work on Google Chrome. You have to use Internet Explorer. Uh, other than that, I mean, tool, I mean, I have a, a CAT EDL COM adapter. I don't know what you call it. CAT COM 3. Sure. That sounds like something Na- yeah. NASA would use. Uh, <laughs> what so it's I, called. <laughs> I have the Caterpillar and the CNH adapter. You uh, see a lot of those? So I've only used, that's what's annoying, is I had, uh, I bought my John Deere EDL on eBay. Uh-huh. And That's uh, what, another thing I was going to ask, are they uh, genuine or these uh, clones? No, it is a genuine EDL. Okay. Uh, EDL 2, so it's the blue one. And it's got a pretty price tag on it. I was going to say, because I've looked at the genuine ones, and I, I don't, don't do, I don't do, I've got Nexit, Catcom, and a bunch of other uh, adapters for everything. But I don't have a service advisor or uh, the EDL because I don't use that. Um, and then I've looked at the CNH. I've got one customer who called me on one uh, tractor for an SCR issue, and I was able to get it fixed without it. But um, Or I borrowed a, an adapter from somebody. But I'm like, why would I buy this? I'm never going to use it, mm. especially if it's OEM, uh, genuine. You're going to spend a lot of money on those kind of things. So I went through diesel laptops to get yeah. the CNH and the cat one. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they do that affirm $50 a week, month, whatever, for 50,000 months or whatever it is. <laughs> so it was like $5,000 in adapters. So it's like the snap-on truck, but online. Yeah. So it was like, you know, f- a little over four grand in adapters, and the cat one is still wrapped in plastic. I've you never used it. it. Do you want to buy it? Maybe. 
I might need a second. No, one. don't sell it because as soon as you fucking sell it, I'm gonna need it. Well, that's need what, it. I bought my Catcom. Uh, I will say, Catsis is a trash program. Whoa, I love Sis. Whoa, I, well, hold on. I love, I love <laughs> ET. ET yeah. is you can point and click and figure it out. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if you you probably haven't because it's a, a kind of a specialty program dealer only, but Davy Software for the pack cars. It is the worst software I've, I've ever used. I've used it. It is absolutely garbage. You can't figure anything out. Nothing is like intuitive. Like make it so that you know a retarded mechanic can point and click. That's and like the old Allison program. Yeah. Terrible. It's just like if you can hover over it and the picture looks like what I'm needing, and I can click on it and it can work. It's like I'll figure it out. Yeah. If you see the yeah. on ET the the graph with the little connect. The uh, stethoscope, like, oh, okay, I could probably use that, and you know, just like point and click. Codes. But then there's certain there's certain ones that are just not. It's like not user friendly at all. Yeah, and you're like, this is just garbage. Well, I, I, I like Cat ET. I will say, I'll stick up. For I'll, I will say to this day, and I will live by it. But Service Advisor John Deere has has it. Yeah, mm-hmm. they have the best program. See, but I've sometimes wondered: Is that because you've had that much train, so much training on it? I or never. It, I, I think I had one day of training, and it well, was when they used training, it but every used, day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But my thing is like, a dummy could use Service Advisor Five. Yeah, but that's like that's you a need thing. a college degree to use CatSys. Yeah, that's a good thing, though. I mean, that's it's true. That simple. I mean, you I, go in, you can go to your you know, operations and tests or whatever you need to go to. And it's, everything's right there and it's just made simple. And then you got sis where you, I don't even know. I need to find this diagram. Oh, well, we're going to put it under tracks <laughs> or something, you know, it's just retarded, but I'm sure I sound stupid to the cat guys. And they're like, it's simple. Yeah. But you know, it's maybe you I guys just, use diagrams. <laughs> so I think my, I've only had to use cat sis once and it was for that D six and I was looking, you know, for the circuit. I couldn't find it. I called uh, a buddy and I think he said, I have the old cat sis. Yeah. Not the new cat. Probably. It's still not, not, not better. Yeah. Um, and I just like Cummins insights easy, but we use Cummins insight at the, at the dealer. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have a Nexic link. That's probably going to be my next purchase. Um, if anybody wants to invent a Nexic link that'll just work with every piece of machinery on the planet, I'd love that. Well, I'm sure somebody has, and the government took them out, just like the guy that made the car run on water or whatever. <laughs> or gas fumes. Yeah. Yes. Um, what do you got over there? I was thinking. But, um, <laughs> no, I, I kind of... I dislike how it's um i guess it kind of keeps you from straying too far sometimes into something that you're not really comfortable with if it's easy to just say oh i don't have the adapter i can't work on it Mm -hmm. so just you know push it down the road to somebody else but if it's uh, everything's universal i think it may end up like um it it may be nice i mean automotive did that with kind of the obd2 stuff where it's like we're going to standardize all the fault codes we're going to standardize the connection port we're going to standardize just like all these different things but even now there's certain i'm not an automotive tech by any means but i do know that there's certain things you can't do unless you're you know have some sort of subscription or some sort of dealer level or you have to have keys to yeah, put into the, yeah, so the port it, even though they standardized it there are still ways that they can kind of lock out independence or you know not a uh, you know 
mom and pop shops, kind of stuff like that. Yeah. Well, all I think it's Autel on Amazon. They sell a dealer level scanner. My buddy has one. Awesome. It's oh. only like eighteen hundred bucks too, hmm. maybe twenty five hundred, but it's uh, still a good price. It's I mean. still it's half what quarter of the price of the Snap On one. Well, it just I mean, if you can, even if you got to pay a little bit of money like that, and you can do more than just one car, you know, or what is it, he has automotive? Yeah, he's automotive yeah, I mean, guy. If you're able to connect to Chrysler, GM, Ford, whatever, I mean, it, it's probably well paid for or pays for itself pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. I actually borrowed that scanner. I had to work on an F two fifty Super Duty. I had to put it through a ser- uh, service region. Oh shit! So, yeah, like I said, you know, I'm did like, have like coolant. Said, did have coolant in the DP? I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no. The uh, the yeah, there's a def pump went out, and then he changed it, and then actually, you know, a little bit of time on YouTube found that it's very common when you change the def pump on those machines, or on those machines on those pickups. You forget to add an O-ring, and that's exactly what he did. And so it just put the truck in the final D-rate, and you had to, your only choice was to drive the truck in final D-rate for like 25 miles or something. Don't kill me, automotive guys. But my buddy had the scanner, and he said, if you just do a service region, it'll go through everything. Just like, you know, a piece of equipment would do. You know, it just confirms that everything's working and then says, okay, you're good. Yeah, I got you. Um, enough tool talk. It's fine with me. Um, Milwaukee, <laughs> Milwaukee. I am, or I am part of the Milwaukee clan now. Oh, okay. Well, we can. No, I don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> I threw that in there just for you, Colton. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Where's your cup at? In my service truck. That's my favorite cup. I always send Joe pictures. Like, it's, it's my favorite cup. It's like Elf on the Shelf, but with a Milwaukee cup. Kind of. Um. I'm going to get you the mount that they sell that you can lock that in. Hell yeah. Well, I want to get Put the, it on the side of your toolbox. I want to get the, the uh, what is it? The carry out lunchbox? Yes. Pack out lunchbox. I, couldn't, I couldn't think of what it was called. But, yeah. Is that the one with the white lid? I don't know. Uh, who was it that was talking about that? I don't have a. ZK. Uh, it was ZK Master. Was it oh, yeah. It was he said he, he left it on top of his uh, pack out in the back of his truck and it stayed there the whole time. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. That was your bonus episode, right? Yes. Sorry. Damn, you guys know more about my podcast than me. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm done talking tools, man. But uh, where should we take it from here, though? That's the thing. We t- we've covered quite a bit. I'll tell you the biggest thing. Maybe maybe Joe didn't realize. Maybe you did. I don't know. But I didn't realize how much my expenses were going to go up when I went out on my own. Yeah, you get oh, yeah. about this much. This hold on. I'm going to show the people on the <laughs> camera here. You get about this much income, and then your your money spent like you can't even see it up here on the graph. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you you make you think that you're making all this money as an independent, and you know, I use QuickBooks. I don't know what you use, but it you same. know the, the good and bad part is it tells you how much you've made so far, but then it also tells you what your bank account balance is, and you're like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Like it's not even close to the same number. You know, I was playing this PS2 game the other day. <laughs> I had a racing career. You know, all this money I made, and then I had to fix the car. I spent a lot of money. So I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say this. In the last two months, I spent more on my credit cards. Uh, well, my, my credit card statements were higher than I made in any year as a mechanic. So the expenses part is real. You do have a lot of expenses. Uh 
especially if you're buying parts for the customer and you kind of then turn into a, a little piggy bank for them and it's like, oh, I'll pay you. I'm like, well, I'm not doing any more work for you until you pay for what you already have in me because I can't just hold on to all your, so, yeah, be the middleman here for you. So but, how often are you are you getting parts, putting them on your account versus how often is a customer going and getting the parts so you don't have to worry about that portion? Here's what I do. A lot of my customers, I trust that I'm going to get paid from them. So I don't, I make money on markup parts, marking up the parts. So I buy pretty much 90, I'd say 99% of all my parts. If a customer wants to buy a part and have me install it, sure. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to sit there and tell them I, you know, I don't have any sort of, oh, no warranty. It's like, I'll give you a workmanship warranty, but I can't guarantee that the part's going to fix it or I can't guarantee that the part's good or I don't know where you got it from. Uh, the one I went out uh, yesterday to out there in post, he ordered a turbo um, online that was a remand turbo because the OEM turbo was, my cost, $7,200. And the actuator was my cost sixteen hundred dollars, and he was able to order the whole turbo with an actuator for forty five hundred bucks. I said, "Man, I'm not going to sit here and give you a hard time if you order the turbo for yourself." And because um, I I don't want to be wrapped up, you know, whatever that is, almost ten thousand dollars into somebody else's parts, and then wait for that to clear and make sure you know. I haven't had it yet, but I knew at the last place, people all the time, it'd be probably once or twice a month, someone would do a chargeback on a card. And if you don't have like all your documentation, it's real easy for them to just, you know, charge back in a, you know, a, a big charge or, I mean, you have to have a lot of signed paperwork and like agreement, you know, pretty much everything lined up. And, uh, so I, I haven't quite, um, I haven't had one happen to me, but I know that that's possible. So there are some instances where I'd rather let them buy it. But for the most part, I buy all my parts myself. So that's why you bought the GoPro, because you're going to mount it on your truck. When you park next to the diesel that you're working on, you have video ev evidence of yeah. you working on it, right? And the customer saying, yeah, I'm going to pay you. No. Yeah, that's that, that's Well, smart. a lot of customers I, I deal with are local and are, you know, let's just say I know where their trucks are. So. <laughs> Yes. I've never had a customer who um I'm I get a lot of money into and they're from out of state or I don't know who they are. I'll do a jump start for you, but if I mean it, I'm not going to sit here and rebuild your motor if I don't know you or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm yeah. not to that point yet. I don't have a yard that I can put it in a behind a lock and key and I'll uh, you know, not really I do all my work at my customers' yards or wherever the truck's located, so not trying to put a bunch of money where they can get in their truck and drive away or equipment, whatever. So the issue that I have is that, uh, the, so the ag dealer, both of the ag dealers in my town, you have to have like the John Deere ag dealer, you have to have a John Deere financial account mm -hmm. to get any type of discount on parts. And then, uh, supposedly the case, the, the guy at the case dealer told me the same thing. And so I'm not going to start a John Deere financial account because I don't qualify for ag tax. And so what I do is, is basically if the customer has an account, I'll diagnose it. And then I'll say either you need to order these parts on your account or I'll order them on your account. Because given that I just started and I didn't, 
I didn't start with very much capital at all. Yeah. Um, I just, I mean, I just flat out can't afford to float $5,000 in parts for somebody for 30 days. That was Mm -hmm. a big, that was another big shock to me was doing work for somebody. Any, any reasonable size company, it almost comes down to, Oh, well we're 30 days only. And I'm like, it's sometimes the cost of doing business, but I'm going to, I'll build that into your pricing there. Yes, sir. Way to interrupt him. I was My very bad. invested. Sorry. Oh, in no, that. you're good. Uh, <laughs> setting up those kind of charge accounts and everything, and especially, uh, you know, ag's not really something that I've messed with or specialized or I'm very familiar with, but I can see where it's easier to just have the customer order the parts or, like you said, hey, I'll go pick them up. I'll order everything so I know I'm getting the right parts, but it's all on your account. And if they have a charge account, you give them a PO for whatever equipment, and, and it all works out that way. So. I do have one customer that every once in a while, um, back when I was getting kind of the, the shaft from the dealership on my parts pricing, I just told him he had a charge account too. I said, Hey man, look, they're going to, they're going to break it off in me on these prices. I'd rather just you buy the stuff and I'll install it. But I kind of got all that smoothed out. And, um, yeah, I, I do see where a lot of people, uh, don't want to buy the parts, don't want to float it, but that's a, that's a revenue stream for me, so I'm I'm there for it. Yeah. Now, if you need, if you don't have an account or something like that, then I'll do it. But like, I just did a bunch of estimates for someone who doesn't have an account anywhere, and so it was four different tractors, and it was something like eight thousand dollars in parts that all four of these tractors need. That's the one you want to kind of get and, some money up front on. And he's a friend of a friend kind of thing, and yeah. so I told him, you know, I'll give you some part numbers. If you want to order the parts, but if you want me to order the parts and you need to give me the money for the parts up front and then uh, probably going to need a labor, some, you know, labor deposit up front, just as good faith. Um, but yeah, that's, that's been the biggest thing was, was my first month was thinking that, you know, I'm going to go do work for McCormick Farms and then you're going to give me a check when I'm done. Name drop. No. Why would you do work for my farm? I'm just kidding. I, I'm McCormack, oh, not McCormick. Sorry, McCormack Farms. <laughs> and then uh, he says, okay, send me an invoice. And then I send him the invoice, and he says, well, you missed the day that I pay my bills, so you're going to have to wait till next month. Mm. So that's another thing is a lot of big operations only, at least in my area, pay bills once a month. And if you miss that day, you're waiting until the next month. I can see so that. Stay on top of your invoicing. Yes, sir. <laughs> Moral of the story. I uh, I have a couple of times where I you know, kind of get behind, and it's just like I cannot let this get out of hand because I don't want to, uh, yeah, be sitting here counting the days till a check gets shipped or anything like that. But It's like going to the gym. You missed that one day, and then you never went back. That happened to me quite a few years ago. I don't go to the gym. <laughs> I'm going on my eighth year not going. <laughs> Anyway, I don't think I have anything else to ask you. I, uh, I'm i pretty boring today. Yeah. I feel like I drank all night, and I didn't even drink. You had a nice night. tea over there. Yeah, and uh, it's just because I was up late. <laughs> Getting old. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got anything else, dude? Man, I think uh, we've made a solid episode out of this one. How about this? Do you have any questions for us? No. Well, fuck you then. <laughs> if you're in the Central Valley and need some ag equipment work done, hit me up. 
Oh, nice, nice. No, I, I got you on this, but uh, all right. Well, I guess we'll we'll close this one out. We we got some good timing on this one, and I think people will enjoy it. And Chris's boring, sleepy episode. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, it kind of gets us out of our uh, kind of cycle of only having construction and uh, truck mechanics. On. Yeah, but Jesus Christ, I mean. One of these days, like, because we've only had Komatsu, we've had truck mechanics, we've had plenty of deer mechanics. It's time to get, like, Case, JCB. I'm sure it's coming, but I'm just saying it. I'm sure people are like, come on, let's do something different. Like, maybe a Luber Goober. I got one. Yeah. I talked to him the other day. Your buddy. Mutual buddy. Old Red. Uh, Spencer. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, it's all coming, uh, but I'm sure people are getting antsy, and uh, you just wait. I, I, it's coming. We got we got a good good season coming. So far, it's already been pretty legit. So we're off to a gr- yeah. good start, uh, considering we've got what is this episode number three total since uh, the new year? Yeah, and uh, we only did thirty last year, so only twenty seven more, and we'll be uh, <laughs> passing it up. <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think we got 27 more for the rest of the year. I don't know, Chris, how many times do you want to come back? <laughs> hey, my phone's always on, so if you need <laughs> well, late, a late night, uh, yeah, I'm two hours behind, so it's late for you, it's still early for me, so. We won't even talk about the phone thing. We tried that last night, and it just didn't work out, so. Don't use AirPods, I think. Yeah, the- yeah, it, it, how about this? Anybody that wants to come on in the future, uh, and we end up doing over the phone, you better have that phone right up to your ear because we might just need to put together like a shippable uh, microphone <laughs> and just say plug this into your phone and then that way you can. Uh, it's actually not a bad idea. They sell one of those, right? Yeah, something you could like get a halfway decent audio recorder. I have a shotgun mic for mine. It's yeah. I paid thirty nine bucks we'll for just it. Ship it to them, do the episode, and have them ship it back or to the next guy. Yeah. So what was the issue with the AirPods? Sound like they were in a tunnel? He's, it was. I was driving too yeah. and kind of going through some rolling hills and i think it's just bad service and yeah. it was going all digital robot voice there yeah so, i don't know we'll figure it out anyway i think that's that's it we're gonna call it anyway um if you uh i guess so we made these past two episodes happen because of people just happen to be in town so we were able to squeeze them in I, I did one last night. We did Chris's today. Um, I'm not going to shout out last night's because that's going to be a surprise. Surprise because even though it was yesterday, it's in the future. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Podcast time machine here. Good eye tomorrow. Um, but yeah, they, so basically is what I'm getting at with this is, you know, there there's a lot of people on the list to get on. Um, but if people decide that they want to come out and visit, and be on the podcast we might be able to just move you right on up maybe contact us before yes, you come don't just visit. show up yeah, don't just like knock on colton's window and you know <laughs> hey i'm here to do a podcast but yeah. um and and even you know i would say what are you doing over there i had the logo <laughs> up on the screen and i hear noises and you're pushing buttons i was wondering yeah. if we're even still recording but so i'm doing the video yeah. and the logo was up for certified wrench and i swapped it over to you and it was covering you <laughs> i'm leaving it 
Um, anyways, uh, yeah, if you're in town, what a wedding and visiting family, that's how these last ones have come about. So, uh, we're in the DFW general Metroplex. So if you're in the area, come say hi, reach out and, uh, we may be able to make something happen. Yeah. A, uh, we've got a couple from, it's going to be, we're going to tag team it, uh, with the other two, um, they're coming out to visit. They're actually going to make a trip just yeah. to be on the podcast, That's awesome. which I thought is cool. Um, but other than that, I mean, like I said, if you're local and we can make something happen or you come and visit, you know, we'll, we'll fit you in because in person is always better. It sounds better. None of this phone bullshit. Um, but yeah, we'll obviously do over the phone. You know, we got a couple of people out of the country that we're going to have on eventually. Um, so on and so forth. Yeah. Anyway, uh, if you're interested in being on, no, back up, back up, back up, back up. Let's let's start here. Whatever podcast or whatever streaming platform you guys are listening to us on, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, is that what it is? Whatever you're listening to us on, YouTube. Uh, no, no, not yet. Okay. Coming soon. Coming soon. Um. Anyway, if you're listening to us on any of those, if you can give us a review, I don't care if it's two stars, five stars is greatly appreciated. If you can leave a written review, even better, because that just helps us in the charts. Like I said before, we're number 18 in Canada because Canada, they love me, us, whatever. Love me. What is there to do up there besides uh, listen to podcasts? And freeze your balls off. Um <laughs> So yeah, that that helps the algorithm, all that crap, you know, helps us move up in the charts um because you know, I'm trying to what did we say the Joe Rogan experience? I want to be above him or number <laughs> 2. Below. Yeah. A little bit behind and you'll be all right. Yeah. So uh, I want to be right up there. I mean, maybe Theo Vaughn's yeah. uh, podcast should be like my favorite first. weed is cocaine. Cocaine. Uh, that guy says the most random shit. <laughs> I love him. Yeah, he's <laughs> crazy. Hilarious, dude. But anyway, if you guys need to get a hold of me or Joe, you can reach Joe. What? Uh, I fucked that all. You up. know me. <laughs> yeah, you can find Joe on Instagram, Black Flag Services. Right. That's me. Um, you can reach me at Certified Wrench Podcast Gmail dot com. Instagram certified wrench underscore podcast. And You're you going to put your cell phone number? Uh, maybe somebody else's. I'll put your phone number up there. Uh, Chris, where can folks find you? So I got a couple. So my personal Instagram is Chris AOD. Chris AOD. Chris AOD. <laughs> uh, my business one is a little bit more professional, but it's arrowhead underscore field underscore repair underscore LLC. Um, I just changed my YouTube name. It's like, it was right here. AFR LLC. AFR LLC. Okay. So, and I will give you a sh- a, the proper shout out on, you know, the shout out. And yes, sir. Put all your links in. There's also there. a Facebook page too. So, yeah. I mean, that's kind of more of like a. For the boomers. <laughs> yeah. The boomers kind of thing, you know, so. Oh, j- and just shows goes to show how terrible I am at this. You were talking that whole time. Camera's on me. Anyway, <laughs> self-centered. I thing. thought you were gonna say you forgot to hit record. Well, that too. I've done that. I've done podcast that. down the drain. Yeah. 
Anyways, guys, uh, Chris, thanks for taking time out of your day to come over and chat with us, especially that little bit of a long drive. Yeah, no, thank you. And uh, Joe, as always, pleasure to have you here. Pleasure to be here. Nice to meet you guys. Yeah. Finally, huh? We've known each other for quite a long time and yeah, never actually met in person. So. Yes, sir. That's usually how it goes. You know, guys, I think we're going to call that uh, a day. And uh, here's the, the music. We're out of here. Adios. See you guys. Later, guys. Did I mess it up this time?